Lisa. Can you hear me? Lisa? Hi, Hi, can you hear me? Yeah, it's very quiet, but I can hear you. Okay. I'll try and talk up a little more. So we're just waiting on Ashley to join. Yeah. Did you have a problem getting connected? No, it connected quite quick. Just had to sign up first. Okay, okay. Hi, Ashley. Hey. Hi, Ashley. So thank you, Ashley and Lisa, for joining me today. Or tonight, I should say. Thank you for having me. Yep, thank you for having me too. Oh, my pleasure. So, um, girls, I just thought uh, it'd be nice to discuss um, how each of us cope with our anxiety, depression, PTSD, all those things. I think it would be helpful to the listeners to understand how other people cope because sometimes it just makes it a little bit easier is that okay with you guys yeah definitely yeah awesome okay so i'll start so um i'll just i'll just i know you girls know um my story about uh the road rage incident but for the for the followers that don't, I'll just start off by telling my story. So four years ago, um, I was the victim of a road rage incident where um, a driver, another driver in a truck decided to um, drive me into the median on the highway at 100 kilometers an hour and then hold me there. And then um, I had to, I had to wrench my steering wheel and it shot me off into the ditch. And I was left with a back injury and um, some severe PTSD and anxiety, of course, and depression that came along with that. Um, and so for four years, I've been coping with those things. And um, luckily, my insurance uh, covered um, therapy, so I've been, I still see a psychologist. I mean, because of COVID, obviously it's over the phone, but um, I don't think that I could be getting through this without, without the therapy, for sure. So, um, between that and learning how to deal with like a panic attack, like an anxiety attack, that's the, that's the best the best advice I could give anyone is how to deal with an anxiety attack. And Ashley, I know you know that um, I've helped you with that as well. Yeah. Um, and it's all about learning how to control your breathing because when you're having an anxiety attack, your, um, your blood pressure is rising. 
and it's rising because your breathing is is um, accelerated and it's short and that's making your blood pressure rise so if you can just and it's really hard but I know if you just learn how to control your breathing that is what gets you out of a anxiety or a panic attack because if you if you slow your breathing down as slow as you possibly can and take deep 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 slow breaths it automatically lowers your blood pressure and that's what calms you down so what um ashley in your experience what's um can you tell us a little bit about your story and how you deal um I think there's many, many ways that um, some things work for other people and some things don't work for some people. Like, um, I know that there's this one method where you're supposed to, um, what is it, a taste, um, something that you see, something you can feel. Yes. Um, something like that. Five things. Five things. You yeah, the five eat. things. Yeah. I've heard about that, too. And I think that is really helpful for some people and some people it may not be. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And it definitely depends on like um, like how horrible your, your panic attack is in the moment. Because yeah. you may need to start with breathing first so yeah. that you can do the other steps. Mm-hmm. For me personally, the breathing, it does help a lot. Um, mm-hmm. Especially because with my panic attacks, um, I'll know it's happening because I have a lot of physical things that happen to me when I have severe anxiety. So, like, my balance is really bad. A lot of nausea. Um, I shake really bad. Yours Um, is an extreme case, I think, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um. So everyone's different. Everyone experiences different things. For me personally, um, writing out um, or typing it out on my phone, how I'm feeling. And since I'm a singer-songwriter, I like to write out um, my emotions and start writing a song. Once I'm more calmed down, once I do my breathing, I'm... I find ther- therapeutic through music, putting on some music, putting on some, like, I personally love piano music or any type of calming music helps me a lot to kind of just go into the music and lose myself in it. Mm-hmm. That helps me personally. That's a good, that's, that's a great method, I think. And yeah, I just think what works for you. Yeah, like if you're passionate, whatever you think you may be passionate about, like if maybe it's painting or like any type of thing that can get your mind off of something and help ease ease everything and like kind of like kind of like stop thinking about it so much because a lot of the times it's like you're you're overthinking so that it triggers your anxiety so if you're thinking about something else that brings you joy and 
start focusing on that. It helps a lot. Absolutely. That's why I yeah. try and distract myself. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, distraction is key. And that's why when I when 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 I say about breathing, it's it's not just about slowing your breath down. It's about the distraction and it's about counting how many breaths you're taking and it's the distraction. Totally. Right. Mm-hmm. And then also trying to figure out what triggered it. There sometimes it's really hard, especially with generalized anxiety. And if you have a lot of things that you need to work through, it's good to afterwards try to see what may have triggered it and try to work through it. Absolutely. And sometimes it's stuff you think you've healed from, but it's not. Right. And you're forced to deal with it again. Yep. That's true. So so it's best to try and release and I think that's where releasing ceremonies come in handy. If you can release it, then maybe you don't have to deal with it so harshly. You know what I mean? Oh, sorry about that. My husband's phone's gone off. <laughs> you got to process it. That's the problem. You've got to allow right. yourself to process it. And that's yeah. the hardest part. Yeah, it's also hard because... it ha- half the time. Yeah. Because I dissociate a lot. Like, I have... Um, I dissociate during some of my panic attacks and stuff. Or I go numb. So, it gets... Mm-hmm. It's tough. Yeah. Yeah. And Lisa, how about you? How do you... How do you handle... Because you also suffer from PTSD, anxiety, and depression as well, right? Yeah. All three? Mm-hmm. And BPD on top of that. What's that? Borderline personality disorder. Oh, wow. So, and you've been diagnosed with that as well? Yeah. Oh, wow. No. I've, I've been dealing with it for years, but I, my problem is... Well, my main thing is I'll just shut it all off and pretend like it's not happening. Because mm. I'm Which, good at that. Yeah, but that's not healthy, right? No. But then I think that comes from from young when, because it's always been me that I've always had to just look out for me. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. I guess that makes it different. Hmm. When it gets too much, then I, I just shut myself off from everyone. I think that's the easy way. Yeah. Yeah. I try and shut myself off so that I don't feel nothing. Just try and block all the emotions off. But now I've, I allow myself to process it, but I don't always go back it the right ways but because when I'm trying to not do that so I'm not feeling it right see with myself my mind yeah all the rest it just hits you in waves but until you can process it and allow yourself to feel it and process it you can't move out of it 
to release it, if that makes any sense. That does kind of make sense. It's hard to describe it. Like, if I'm out and I'm having a panic attack, my Lisa? I'm still here. I'll just say my go-to if I'm out and I start panicking is to make a phone call. Oh. So my safety net. Perfect. That's okay. And That's good. That means you're reaching out. Focusing on breathing. Yeah. Yeah. Mine is... I think it depends on how bad it is and where you are and, like, what's triggered you in the first place to how you do a bit in that moment Mm because it's not always the same. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Ashley was saying that too. So I do, I, I get that as well. For me, yeah, for me, it's I fall back onto the breathing right away. But I also, I withdraw like you, Lisa, I find. But I... Yeah, I think that's just that. And for me, that's an instinctive thing to do. Yeah. I'm not sure why I withdraw, though. I don't know if my reason is the same as yours. I think my reason is I just don't want anyone to see me like that. Yeah, I mean, now that is... A big part of it, but before it was like, well, it's irrelevant to how I'm feeling or whatever because there's no one there to help me anyway. I'm going to be on my own whether I say anything or not. So I've just always learned to defend myself and look after myself and just not show any feeling to anyone. Right. Which in turn can make me come off as really cold. Yeah. Yeah, totally it can. But it's a protection mechanism, I guess, right? Yeah. Yeah. That That's the same with Ashley, I notice. I think Ashley's protection mechanism is to withdraw from everyone. Yeah. Probably. It, it seems to be the thing... That, that you do. Yeah. Yeah, because we don't want to be seen this way. No, because I've never really like, felt like I've had that safe place. Right. That I can just let it all out. Right, that's the thing, is like, if you're kind of used to feeling like you don't really have a home to go to that makes where you can feel safe, you, you literally go numb and just are like isolated in your own mind Mm -hmm. that's why it was so important for me to have our family group to be a safe place for everyone but I was yeah of 15 14 15 I went to my dad then my dad didn't want me so let's go back to my mum's and then end up on the streets. And then living in some 
what is known these days as a trap house. Before I eventually ended up on the streets, and that was all by the time I was 16. So I've never had that. Oh, I don't know what, what you'd call it. That security, do you know what I mean? Not, yeah. not, not that safe place, not that consistent, not. Right. Yeah. The support and love that you need when you're going through stuff. Right. That's right. I was, uh, I was similar, Lisa. I was abused by my mother and stepfather, and children's aid took me away when I was fourteen. And then I was put in abuse, abuse, abusive foster homes, and then <clears throat> ended up on the street. By the time I was sixteen, I had to quit school. I got kicked out of school. I would have been kicked out had I had I stayed. Stupid reasons, though, but you know, it is what it is. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You've had a very similar life. Yeah. Beaten by parents, and I was abused from eight to ten. At a be a witness in court when I was 11. Really throughout my school years when I was there. To going into abusive relationships and... Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mine was... My abusive relationship was 17 years. I'm lucky well wasn't that dog, but... It was just like different people and the experiences in between that. Yeah. It's it's a lot to get one's head around. It is. A when lot. you look back. Yep. But I could quite easily back just push everything to the back of my head and just pretend it's not happened and not happening and carry on. Yeah. I, I I don't know. I feel like I I'm pretty good at working through it. I am now. I've released a lot of stuff that a lot of stuff that I thought I had dealt with that I hadn't dealt with, mm-hmm. and then just recently being triggered and having PTSD setting. Mm-hmm. That was tough. Yeah. I can imagine. Um, that's the thing is healing is, is lifetime. It's you're never done healing. That's right. right. I mean, I'm a lot better and stronger now than what I was then because if that trick had happened last year or something, then I probably would have taught myself to be fair. Oh. That's how much I was triggered. <laughs> but now you know you have support. That I think that's yeah. what the difference is. Yeah. And that's the hardest thing to get my head around because I've not had that before. I've not felt wanted and not felt loved by anyone. Aww. Just like like I've said to you before, it's like just for entertainment purposes. Right. Wow. 
I'm glad that you're starting to realize the difference in feeling wanted and and being loved. Yeah. Same as you. Oh, Ashley disconnected. We lost Ashley. Aw. Hopefully she can come back. Yeah. Wonder what happened there. Um Yeah, hopefully hopefully Ashley comes back. If not, we'll have her on another show as well. Yeah. Um Unless anyway. it was too much for her. Yeah, that's what I was just wondering. <laughs> might have just got emotional yeah well hopefully she's okay yeah well um lisa we can wrap up this session and oh uh, she's back oh sorry about that that's That's all right are you okay yeah his phone kept going off oh okay (laughs) so i felt bad i was like hey can you turn on my break oh well um is there anything else you ladies would like to add? Um, I just want to say don't give up because it's not always going to be this dark. You're going to get out of it. You no, can get through anything. There's always light at the end of the darkness. And mental health affects everyone. It's nothing to be ashamed of. Yeah. That is right. Well, thank you so much, ladies, for coming on. Um, it's uh, It's been 22 minutes, so I think that that's pretty good for a, for a podcast. Yeah, that went quick. Yeah. Um, and um, I'd love to have you ladies back on again sometime. Yeah. We, um, we're going to get into how um, spirituality helps with PTSD and and anxiety and all that so we'll have uh, have you back on for something like that okay yeah that'd be interesting because a lot of people go down that road after suffering some sort of trauma exactly right. i've been noticing that connection a lot so I'd, I'd like to explore that some more definitely okay yeah well thank you so much ladies um have a lovely night and um i will give the group chat a call Okay. Thank (laughs) Thank you. you. You too. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye.